Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. I hope everybody is doing all right. All things considered, today I have Eric Martinez. He is Director of Sales Development and Growth over at Connect and Sell. Good morning, Eric. How are things? Good morning. Things are well for a Monday morning uh, after an interesting couple few days. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad well, to do this. Well, I'm glad you. you're here as well. And so say hi to everybody and uh, provide a quick intro and then we'll get into it. Hi all, uh, high level. Just to want to thank everybody and the opportunity to uh, share my my uh, my stories, my truths with you, and uh, I hope it brings insight and gives a little bit direction as we uh, sharpen iron sharpens iron, so we can do that together. All right, good. Well, again, thanks for being here. Listen, Eric, let's get started. Um, the title of the podcast is "Your Intention Matters." I, I do want to ask you. Uh, how are you doing right now? We're, it's, it's June 1st right now when we're recording this. Uh, we're three months into this thing with COVID. Uh, how are you personally hanging in there? How's your family? What's going on? You doing okay? Good question. Um, I am doing okay, but I would say that um, early on, it was a challenge for me. Um, <clears throat> I think that um, I, I've done a lot of reflecting. Um, I'd say like the first month in, um, you could... I think a lot of people have done a lot of internalizing through this process. And so I think we do that on occasion anyway, but now you have a time of isolation where you can't go um, get away from your truth and your reality, right? So I'm a single guy, I've never been married. I don't have kids. And so that internalization happened a lot more and uh, couldn't go do something which I normally would do. I'm a very social person. So I like to go out and be with friends and that stuff, and it was just kind of, you know, I couldn't go do that. And it was, it was challenging. I actually took a personal day uh, away from the job because it, it was a little bit overwhelming for me. Well, listen, if you're looking for uh, any experience with uh, working at home with kids, I have two, six and four. <laughs> Happy to send them your way and uh, give, give you, a, you know, a beta test for a day and see how you do with it. Oh, that's great. I actually <laughs> have done that a few times, right? My sister, my my sister, and my brother-in-law have a couple of kids that I get a chance to, to do that with. So yeah, it's fun. All right, good. Well, listen, uh, let's get into it then. So your intention matters uh, and it, the premise is built on uh, your career. Nothing's probably been gifted to you. There's probably been a couple of big decisions that you've had to make along the way and your career has been anything but a straight line. And so I'm ready for you to share your story. You ready to go? Ready to go. Okay, here we go. Okay, we're going to go back to, uh, do I have this right? Is it era... Arapaho Community College. What am I saying that right? Uh, Arapaho Community College. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I knew I'd butcher that, but all right. So take me back to that time, uh, mid '90s. So coming up on 25 years, give or take. Um, did you think you'd be in Denver? Uh, you know, connect and sell, director of sales development, and did did you think you'd have a a, a career in sales at all? Uh no, no. I was- so high, high level, I was a pretty good athlete. I played, uh, I tried out for the U.S. Uh, national team, junior national team when I was 18 and uh, played football. So um, I had a bunch of scholarships to go play some sports and stuff like that. But um, I didn't really, my heart wasn't into education, but I, though my family was driving me in that direction. And so I went there for a couple of years 
And I thought, this is such a waste, like it's a waste of time and money. Like just put me back in the workforce. So I started working when I was 15, 16 years old. I was like, I'm just going to go work. Um, so that was kind of the transition of me like, okay, I'm done with this. Um, and at the time dish network just started to emerge as an opportunity. So that's where I kind of found my first career job and doing what, um, I started off as a rep as a, you know, making phone calls, selling stuff over the phone. Okay. And then, uh, interesting enough, um, Charlie Ergen's right-hand lady came down one day. She's like, Eric, you're out selling everybody else. Her name's Soraya Cartwright. You're out selling everybody else by like four times, five times. What are you doing different? And I said, well, I rewrote the script. Um, but it has all the same terms and conditions at the end of the, that you, that you make mandatory. So everything's that. And she goes, well, can I see it? I said, sure. So I gave it to her. She goes, this is phenomenal. Um, can you train the rest of the team on this? Now at the time I was probably about 19 years old. I want to say maybe 20. Um, and I said, sure, I'll like, let's do it. So shortly after that, I got six months there, got promoted six months. Again, I got promoted. Um, I was opening call centers and training salespeople, you know, when I was about 24, 25, it's crazy. And, and were you still in Colorado at the time or where were you? Uh, I was in Colorado, but then started to do a little bit of traveling. They opened up a call center in Bluefield, West Virginia, went down to El Paso, Texas, did some training there. We looked at the, the data and we saw a 10% conversion rate uplift and people that I touched while I was there. Um, so just kind of along the lines, found my way into doing sales, sales training and coaching, training, that kind of stuff. It was, it was great. great well, experience. That must have been a pretty cool experience when you work for an organization that is somewhat net new into that space and disrupting things with a different uh, dialogue, a different conversation. People like new stuff. And, yes. and so how long were you at DISH and how long were you part of that, uh, you know, um, industry, so to speak? Yeah, I want to say I was there almost five, six years. Okay. All right. So that, that's a pretty good stretch. Um, yeah. And so um, when you decided to leave, was it your decision? Did uh, something happen? Well, why aren't you there anymore? Yeah. So funny enough, when I went to Bluefield, West Virginia and trained all these salespeople, <clears throat> I didn't know that I was replacing my job responsibility and my team's job responsibility in Bluefield, West Virginia. So they actually became all the salespeople. Um, and then my team in Denver became a retention, uh, department. So that's how it basically ended up going that in that way. I lost all my commissions and just transitioned away from that, uh, because it was now a part of what they called win back a retention department for the company. Okay. And so did you find yourself out of work? Did you transition pretty seamlessly? What happened with your departure with dish? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't on my own terms. No, I was, okay. I was pretty vocal about the unsatisfactory, like just taking this away and doing all these things for when I was selling in my, in my commissions. Well, you know, when that type of stuff happens, it's funny. I wrote an article on LinkedIn about the, the, the best day of my professional career was the day that I got laid off. 
And I've said this before to anybody, a regular listener on the podcast that at the time, of course, I didn't find it to be the best day of my life because right. how much money do you have and what's next? And like all these what ifs in your brain, because change can bring a lot of stuff. But um, clearly what you've been able to create in the year since uh, it, it ended up being a good thing because um, you've been intentional about other stuff. So what did you end up doing and, and for how long? So I went to a company called Service Magic. Um, now it's called Home Advisor. Um, <clears throat> I actually went there just to interview to sell, and uh, they told me no, they need me as a manager. Oh, and so I said sure, and it was interesting at the time. The expectation again, another startup, um, and the expectations were so 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 small. Um, they expected a salesperson to sell like eight deals a week. Um, and so I took this team, started doing all this stuff and we were doing, we were outperforming. We had an outbound team and an inbound team at the time, inbound leads coming in via the, the website. And then I was doing the outbound. And so the outbound side, we started to outperform the inbound team uh, with my coaching training, all that stuff that went on through the process. And so um, they actually hired a, a sales trainer to come in and do some training. She goes, Eric, you have the top team. Like, I want to hear your, like how you present, how you do all this stuff. I said, sure, no, do it. And so I started to go in and do that. And um, she goes, Eric, I am the wrong woman for this job. They have, they already have a, a coach trainer. Like I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to go tell the VP of sales that you should just have Eric do this. And he came over and talked to me. I said, listen, I didn't, I didn't do this. Um, right. This was not my decision. I was like, she just asked to sit in. So um, what ended up happening from there as well was people were getting promoted out from all the work and stuff that I did. People were getting promoted out from underneath me to go into other areas of the business. And uh, my compensation got hurt again, um, which I was tied to their commissions, their sales and stuff like that. So I was like, you guys have to make this right. And um, didn't happen again. All right. So all right. So, so strike well. two. Strike two. Yeah. There's a trend here. I got it. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So now we're, we're, where are we here? Are we in the mid 2000s, mid to late 2000s here, give or take? Yeah. Okay. Right about right. that. Okay. So um, we then end up with the mortgage crisis that we all lived through for those of us that were in our prime to remember that. Um, were you working during that time? Did this happen right around that time? Talk to me about how you navigated through that. Yeah, so um, I have a couple of friends that started this carpet cleaning franchise called OxyFresh Carpet Cleaning. Um, and this is probably a little bit before everybody asked for bailout money, um, but they were doing well. They were doing pretty well. So they all, they're all here local in Colorado as well, but they bought franchises in their hometowns where um, like Kentucky, mm. a buddy Zoe has family there, a buddy TJ had people in Iowa. And so they would buy these franchises and their families would help run these franchises while they were selling these franchises from Colorado. And so I made a significant, significant investment in that. I, uh, I inherited a house from my grandmother. I ended up selling that house to go do this franchise in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, uh, Literally, when I pulled up to do the work and all that stuff, that's when I heard the first, uh, hey, we need bailout money. And my marketing dollars just hit everybody's front door. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? And so 
Las, Las Vegas was already a competitive um, landscape at mm-hmm. the time. Um, but, and it just was a really hard go. You were just seeing people literally. It's terrible. They would leave their stuff and just leave. Yeah. I mean, I'd go clean a house and it would just be empty. Yeah, yeah, it was just crazy. Well, crazy. I mean, listen, that that must have been um, terrifying for you on some levels because, you know, you 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 take this inheritance money, you want to end up compounding that into something even bigger, and it's not like you're going to get another inheritance from you know, from that same grandmother because that's done, and so right. if that money doesn't you know build up, if if you, if you lose any of it, then it's gone. And so um, talk to me about how, how you managed that time. I mean, did you like just battle through or like talk to me? It was, it was really hard um, on so many levels. Um, just it was hard personally because I didn't have any relationships out there. So like, like um, in I, Vegas, you mean like where you were? Yeah. 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 I moved to Vegas. Like I didn't have anybody and at the time my parents were working. Um, so they came out and saw me pretty frequently. They didn't mind, you know, doing a little bit of gambling on the side, but, (laughs) uh, um, it was a very challenging time. Like there's times when they would leave and I would just sit down and just start crying because I just felt so alone and this is failing and how much money am I going to be end up pushing into this? Um, very, very hard time that I went through, but I also have some good relationships. My buddy, Brian, Cheatham. Um, we met at church out there and we're still friends. We still connect all that stuff, but, and it was just a very challenging trying time of my life. And, and so, okay. So this is now the mid two thousands, late two thousands. And so the, the, the U S and the economy is going through this. You personally think, okay, I'm going down a path here. I'm going to do something really great with what I have. I'm going to build this thing. And then, you know, the, the floor collapses on most of us. And so yeah. how long did you give that a go? Um, yeah, it was about two to three years. About two to three years. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. So that's amazing to me that you were actually able to uh, to even stay afloat for two to three years in that space because anybody listening, if you remember that, I mean, that was pretty rough. I mean, what we're going through right now as a world is totally different, but that was really bad for a long time for a lot of people for that. I mean, that, that two year stretch though, I mean, there are some, but can't even think about it anymore. So. Yeah, it was, man, one of the most trying times I'd say I probably went through, through, I don't know how depressions works, but times of just being so, so down. And finally just to the point of like packing my stuff up and coming back and starting back like, Hey mom and dad, I need to, can I have, can I come back to the house? Um, because of that decision, it was hard, very hard. Um, it's funny that sometimes people say like, you know, I reflect on it. Is it, was it because it was a bad decision because of the company or because of it's a commoditized industry or was it the timing? I, you know, I don't know those answers, but I think that life teaches us life is, um, life gives us the opportunity to learn and to grow. And so it's just a growing moment for me through that process. Well, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I so respect and appreciate your openness to even sharing that because I know there's a few people listening who can appreciate that different logo on the bag, different city, different, but it's all the same. I mean, even for me personally, as you're sharing that story, I'm taking back to a time when I'm in my um, mid to late 20s and I built up over $30,000 in credit card debt. And at the time, 
I was barely making 20 a year, right? So it's not like 30,000 is today versus when it was 25 years ago. And I had to go back to my parents and I had to say, I had to move back home and I had to have that conversation where they had to bail me out. And they put me on a six-year plan, 500 bucks a month. And I, I thought, you know, this is going to be great. My mom's going to c- cut me a check in six years for, for paying it back. No, it didn't happen, man. It didn't happen at all. But it ended up being, again, one of those things where it, it serves you well long-term because you learn from during the, in the time, I imagine, Eric, when you're going through that, it wasn't puppy dogs and ice cream. Like you weren't loving this, right? But now when you look back, is there an appreciation for what you went through that help, has helped create who you are today? hundred percent. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that thanks for sharing that story because I think that at the moments and times sometimes can be a little bit overwhelming, but I think that just like now the drive of the human spirit and the resilience of everybody, like everything will be okay. Right. We just got to really do what we got to do to get through. And, uh, that mindset, that mentality tends to lead us in a good down a good path no matter what. Yeah. So talk to me about your career at Connect and Sell. Not, not necessarily the deep dive into the roles and things like that, but I know you've had two sure. stints there. And so, yeah. so you, you're, you, you're there um, a few years ago. You leave and you come back. Uh, talk to me about your mindset uh, with that decision-making process. Yeah. So at the time... Um, go, the company was going through a little bit of a transition with the new VP of sales. And uh, the old VP was cal- telling me like, hey, come over to this other company. Come on, let's go do this. Like, you're amazing. There's a team ready to go. I got it for you. Like, let's just go do this. And uh, I said, all right. And I regretfully made that decision. Um, so what ended up happening is I was talking to the CEO of Connect and Sell after I left that company. I said, hey, I made a, a bad decision on leaving. What do you see in the marketplace? I wasn't even asking for my job back. I was like, where do you see the market going? What do you see? Connect and Sell is very bleeding edge when it comes to the industries and what they're doing and the, the verticals and the people that they run with. And so I was trying to get an idea of, you know, where do you see the marketplace going? And shortly after that, I got a call from the VP of sales. His name's Jaunty. He goes, hey, sorry, things didn't work out for you. Selfishly, I want you back. I said, all right, okay. He goes, I'll 1099 you. We'll start like, this was on a Friday or whatever. He was like, I can even probably start you on a Monday. And uh, I said, okay. And I was actually doing rep work at the time. So no big deal. Um, So I was doing some things for them. And then they said, hey, we have these team of people that we just got. it was going to be for a different project, but we want you to, you know, train them to sell, connect and sell, or schedule appointments for connect and sell. And so I said, all right, great, let's do it. And so there came a point in time where I was like, you guys want me back? Like, not 1099, like right. an employee, right? Like, let's do this. I'm, I'm killing the game. Like, my guys are scheduling four, five, 10 meetings in a day. Um, <clears throat> so, I kept like, what's the deal? I didn't get a lot of answer right away. And so after time, the CEO basically told me was, no, we're not going to have you come back to the business. We're going to fund you to start you to go your own, do your own business. We'll be your customer and you will coach and train other salespeople that are using Connect and Sell. And so I did that for a few years and people that filled my position came and left a couple times. 
And so basically I have a relationship with these guys where I said, Hey, listen, I'm making good money. You know how much time I'm working here, but I believe in the company. And so if it makes sense for both of us, I'll put my name in the hat. So if you open to having me come and run the team, I'll do it. And so that's what brought me back to connecting. Wow. That's a pretty cool story. Uh, um, you know, to have that relationship and to, to have that trust in you um, because there's no shortage of talent in the U.S. Let's be frank about that, right? And so yeah. a, a company like Connect and Sell would be able to have a laundry list of qualified people to, to take those roles. And so congrats on what you've been able to create. And uh, I, I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story here. Last question here for you. Um, Eric, not so much a, a question about a sales role in particular, but if anybody had any came to you looking for any piece of advice, uh, if, you, if you had to share one, I'm sure you could probably give a dozen, but uh, if you had one piece of advice that pops out right now, what might you share? And is there any situational things that I need to be aware of? It's yours. Um, first thing I would say is kind of going back to the human spirit piece, right? Is, you know, I know that at times we get overwhelmed but life is there to mentor us. Um, there's a book called The Tribe of Mentors. Uh, one of the questions in the book is, what would you tell a uh, student that went to college that they can't learn in college, right? And from my experiences, failure is not failure. Failure is a, is a tutor. Hmm. And if we learn from our mistakes and if we learn from our failures and if we learn from what life gives us, then we're all, we'll be better off. So just my my last like summing up would be, learn from life, learn from your mistakes, and grow from them. Life is here to mentor us. I love that. That's a pretty cool line. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, Eric, it's, it's been a real pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for freeing up the time, and I appreciate your openness to being so candid. Um, you know, with your story, because as I said earlier in our conversation. The only difference between most of us is the logo on the bag and we just have a different path, but most of us can appreciate what you just shared. So with that said, I think we'll wrap this one up. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, Paul. Appreciate the time. Uh, you're welcome. Everybody, again, thanks so much for being here. Remember, your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll do it again next week. Be safe, everyone. Thank you.